today, the title of my message is called Ace Your Season. And I think one of the first few passages in the Bible that would come to your mind would probably be, be Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through to verse 8. And I'm going to take some time to read these eight verses. And even as we do that, I pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to quicken some of these verses to us to help us recognize the season that we are in. And as we recognize the season, I think we will also come into that realization of how we can walk into it and ace our season as well. So if you would turn with me into your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and the verses are also going to come up on screen. Picking it up from verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and to gather stones. A time to embrace. A time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain. A time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Coming back to verse 1 again, it says one more time, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. You know, I recently went through one of the biggest transition in my career because over the past 10 years, I spent the past decade in the education industry and I've been doing a lot of training and coaching in the education industry. And it was towards the end of last year that I felt the Lord calling me out and I felt Him asking me to change the scope of my training, to change the audience, the audience type as well. And it was a very scary move because the past 10 years formed the basis of my career credibility, it formed the basis of my experience, and that was my sense of security and stability. For me to come out of that and to leave that behind, to leave the company that I co-founded for the past four years, it was a scary move. And what made it even scarier was the fact that I was coming out without having secured the next job. And I'm the sole breadwinner of my family. My wife, who's here today with my daughter, she's a stay-at-home mom. And at that time, my daughter, amen to that. And that time, my daughter was just 18 months old. And it was a really scary move. I had lots of questions in my head. I was asking the Lord, but what if I can't find a job? What if this COVID season is difficult for me to find another job? What if I end up missing the mark? What if this? What if that? I had lots and lots of questions. But I tell you this. Even during that time of uncertainty, in my time of prayer, the Lord gave me a word. And He said, I will not shortchange you. Now that word was something that I held on dearly to. And so I left that company that I co-founded, handed it to my business partner who is still running it today. And it took me about three months of applying for jobs, of sending out resumes, of praying, of speaking to people. And now as I'm standing before you today, I'm settled in this new season for about six months now. And I can tell you that God honoured His Word. He did not shortchange me in any way and I can attest to that. And so just as God has spoken, He has made it good. And that is the God that we serve. Come on. 
every word that He speaks to us, He will make it good. Because God is not a man that He should lie, nor a son of man that He should repent. As He said it, He will make it good. Just as He did for me, He will do it for you as well. Come on. Amen. And so what does it really mean for us in the seasons that we go through? Because the reality is, and I'm sure all of us can realize and recognize that in some seasons, there are high seasons, what we call mountain seasons, right? And in some seasons, there are perhaps a low season or what we like to call valley seasons as well. And I like how Pastor Young phrases it. He says that there's no such thing as a bad season, right? Because you've either got a good season or a growth season. Come on. And so I think regardless of whatever we are going through, whether it's a mountain season, a valley season, the reality is we can still ace our season. And I want to share with you some principles to help us as guiding our points in our lives to be able to ace our season as we navigate through that. But before that, I just want to leave a question in your think box. If somebody comes up to you at the end of the service and say, hey, brother or sister, Come on, tell me, what's, what kind of season are you in? What's the Lord doing in your life right now? I wonder how many of us can actually articulate the season that we are in. And I pray that even as we go through today's word, that the Lord will quicken that season to us so that we know exactly what He would like for us to do and to learn and to accomplish as well. So what I want to do in my message, and all that was really just an introduction, but what I want to do is I want to unpack the life of Moses, all right? And if you read in the Bible, you would find that there are many characters in the Bible that have got varying seasons. And of course, Moses is one of them. And we know the story where Moses was growing up in Egypt and in the next season, he was hiding in the wilderness. And then in the next season, going back to Egypt again to deliver the children of Israel and then back into the wilderness experience. So his season was really full of ups and downs. It was full of mountain seasons, valley seasons, both literally and figuratively as well. And as we look into, the, into Exodus chapter 3 and 4, I want to share with you five A's, the letter A, to help you ace your season. So five A's to help you ace your season. Now, you must understand that I'm a typical Singaporean that grew up in the education system where chasing after our A's was the thing, all right? And so, just as I didn't get my straight A's when I was in school, I hope that by the end of this message, we'll all be straight A students in the kingdom of God. <laughs> amen, amen. So, I want to pick it up from Exodus chapter 3, and let's read into verses 1 through to 4 as we look into the first point. And so, it says... Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from amidst a bush. And so he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? And I like verse 4 because it says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. Then he called to Moses from amidst the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. The first A that I want to share with you is availability. It's interesting that in verse 3, Moses said in response to that burning bush, I will now turn to see this great sight. And I like verse 4 because if you notice the first part of verse 4, before the Lord called out to say, Moses, Moses, it says and it tells us that the Lord saw that he turned aside to look and then only the voice 
of the Lord came. You see, sometimes a response is needed before we hear a reply. Let me say that again. Sometimes a response is needed on our end before we hear a reply from God. And it's interesting because I feel like perhaps there could be a more straightforward construct to this narrative, to this passage. Because in my mind, it would play out a lot easily if I think about it from the perspective of Moses noticing that burning bush and straight away the Lord said, Moses, Moses. But that wasn't the case because in verse 4, it says the Lord saw that he took notice before he called out and said, Moses, Moses. When we ask ourselves this question, why isn't God speaking to us? Could it be because we have yet to avail ourselves? Just like in verse 3, Moses' response is vital because that was his moment of availability. And you see, in our lives, there's a lot of noise happening around us, isn't it? But there is a voice that lies within that noise. If we would still ourselves, if, if, if we would make ourselves available, I'm sure we will be attuned to the voice of God. And in Singapore, I think we know so well to be stuck in the hustle and the bustle and all the noises that surround us, that when we went into circuit breaker, when we've got all these heightened measures coming in, we feel so out of place, we feel so uncomfortable, but that was just an opportunity for us to make ourselves available as a response to say, God, here am I. And then that reply would come from heaven. And so if you think about it, when Moses replied, here am I, it came to mind that there are perhaps two other accounts in the Bible where we read of other characters also saying, here am I. And if we look into their response, you might just find that there is a pattern there for us to identify and to learn from. In Isaiah chapter 6, we know of the story where Isaiah had a vision of the throne room of heaven. And right after that, when he responds with, here am I, in the next verse, it says, now go. He was being sent forth and he was being activated into his next season. The next account that I can think of is that of prophet Samuel. Where as a young boy, he was hearing the Lord speaking to him, but he had yet to discern the voice of the Lord. And so he went up to Eli, and Eli told him to respond with, Here am I. And when he did that, the Lord begins to speak to him. And that was kind of like the launching pad of Samuel's ministry as a prophet as he learns to discern and hear the voice of God. And so the pattern here is really just making ourselves available. And when the Lord speaks to us, I think we need to still ourselves and to listen in to that still, small voice. You know, I think in Singapore, we often get so busy that sometimes maybe, just maybe, we find it so difficult to avail ourselves unto the Lord. And I like what Rick Warren once said. He said that God is more interested in our being than in our doing. And that's why we are called human being and not human doing. Let me say that again. God is interested in our being and not in our doing. And that's why we are called human beings and not doings. And I can relate this to the story of Mary and Martha, right? We know the story very well where Mary was just hosting the presence of God and Martha was just busy not availing herself to host the presence of God. And so really the key message in this point that I want to leave with you on availability is this. Your greatest ability is your availability. God is not after the performance of our hands, but He's after the posture of our hearts. 
And you might be asking, how does being available help me in navigating my season or the season that I'm in? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because it brings me to the next point. And I want to read on to Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. It says here that the Lord said, I shall sure, I've, I've seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry. I know their sorrows. And I will come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And I want to zoom into verse 10 where it says, Come now, therefore, I will send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The next A is that of awareness. Now, Moses was made aware of his assignment and the purpose that the Lord has intended for him in that season because Moses' availability led him to a place of awareness. And I think one of the first few things we want to do in being able to ace our season is to be aware of what God wants to do in us and through us in this current season of our lives. And we don't want to be looking forward to the next season when there's perhaps so much more that's in it for us in this current season. And we shouldn't be living our lives as Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. That is not the Christian life. In Ephesians 5, we are told to understand the will of God for our lives. So it's not about whatever will be, will be. It is about the will of God. It's about understanding what the will is and then to walk in alignment to that will of God. And so this awareness of your season is going to help you understand the reason behind the season. And it's true to say that God has a, a reason for every season that He leads us through. Whether it's a season of green pastures and still waters, or whether it's a season of the valley of the shadow of death, one thing remains. He is still the Good Shepherd. And just as we understand that God has a reason for every season, that was so true for me when I began to reflect on my past season and I realized that with the current season that I'm in, with this new job and this new season, there is so much more for me to learn. There's so much more for me to stretch and to grow myself. And truth be told, if I've stayed on neglecting the voice of the Lord and the prompting to come out of that decade of experience, I would remain stagnant and I would remain complacent. But as I stepped out of the boat, I realized that God was true to His Word when He said that He will not shortchange. Moses was aware of what God wanted him to accomplish in that season, but again, a response was required. And so as we look into the next part of the verse, in verse 18 of Exodus chapter 4, it says that when Moses heard that, he went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please, let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. You see, Moses wasn't just aware of his season. Being aware is one thing. But coming into alignment with the will of God is another thing altogether. Awareness should lead us to alignment, and alignment is a choice. You think about the story of the rich young ruler in the gospel. Was he aware of the assignment that God has for him? You bet. He knew he had to sell all and to follow after Jesus wholeheartedly. But did he align himself to that assignment? No. We know that story very well. And taking reference to our physical body, you know, I think there was a period of time several years ago where there were a lot of um, advertisements on social media about the chiropractic uh, practice. 
right? We would see videos about um, the cracking of the bones and it sounds so good. It feels like, wow, boy, I need that, right? Um, I've not gone for it. I don't feel like I need it. But as I was studying and reading up a little bit more about the chiropractic practice, what I found was that as your joints come into alignment, your body tends to be able to carry more weight and you regain strength again for what you need to do in your physical body. And I think that bears a lot of significance for us because when we come into alignment to the will of God, when we allow our, when we allow our divine chiropractor to crack us and bring us back into alignment as we say yes to Him, we are going to find grace and strength to carry that which He has intended for us in the season that we are in. Come on. And so I pray that we will choose to say yes. Yesterday's message by YTL was just so good. I mean, if you've not heard it, you should because that tells us to say yes and come into alignment of what God has intended for us. So nevertheless, he went, uh, Moses had a lot of buts, right? We were reading in the Scriptures and we know that in chapter 4 and verse 1, Moses was saying, but what if they don't believe me? What if they wouldn't listen to me? In verse 10, Moses continued with his buts. And he was saying, but, what, but I'm not eloquent, I'm slow of speech. Nevertheless, Moses came to a place of saying yes because he was first available and then he became aware of what that assignment was and he chose to align himself to that assignment and then comes that grace to walk in the fullness of what God has installed. So the key message to this point is to align to your assignment. And just as Moses chose to align to his assignment, let's see what happens next in verse 21 of chapter 4 in Exodus. And so the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand. And that speaks about authority. As we choose to align ourselves, alignment brings about empowerment. And we know in the gospel when Jesus was talking about the Great Commission, he says that all authority has been given unto me. And in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus was sending out the 72, he said to them that I will give you authority to trample on snakes, on scorpions, and over the power of the enemy. And again, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we know that we shall receive power from on high to be His witnesses. And that speaks about the authority that God has given to us in our lives. And this is the reality. Whether you feel like you're in a mountain season or in the valley season, it does not negate the fact that we are ambassadors of His kingdom. It does not negate the fact that we've got the authority that He's given to us and we need to exercise that authority. So let's not kid ourselves and say, nah, I'm, I'm in a bad season. I'm in a, I'm in a growth season. I'm in a low season. We still have got that assignment. We've still got that authority and we need to exercise that. And that's why I love 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, which says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. And I want to read out the Amplified Bible version, which says, preach the word as an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right and when it is not. Don't always look for the right time to preach the word of God. Come on. Because you won't find a right time if you're always looking for it. Whether it's a right time or it's not the right time, be ready, be ready to preach the word. Come on. And it says, be ready when the time is right and even when it's not. Keep your sense of urgency whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome. Fundamentally, 
we need to exercise that authority that has been given to us. And so be ready in season and out of season. I'm bringing it to a close with the last point. And it says in Exodus chapter 4, verses 14 to 17. I'm not going to read out that passage, but if you are taking notes, that would be the point of reference in that chapter. But we read that as Moses was giving all his excuses, the Lord said, don't you have got your brother Aaron? He's going to be your mouthpiece. Just as I am your mouthpiece, he is likewise going to be your mouthpiece. And the last point here is that of association. Who we associate ourselves with matters a lot in the season that we're in. Think about it. Job, he went through a really difficult season, isn't it? We cannot even begin to phantom the kind of season that he was in. And his three friends weren't adding any value to him at all in the season that he found himself in. And I realized this as I was reflecting on the past season that I was in, that just as seasons come and seasons go, people come and people go. Perhaps for a season, you might find yourself plugged into a certain community, a certain group of people, but perhaps when that season shifts, the Lord brings you to another community of people because He knows that this new group of people is going to propel you into completing the assignment that He has for your lives. And so we've got to be flexible. I mean, I've heard stories of people saying, no God, I just want to stay with this group of people. I want to be comfortable. I'm familiar with them. I'm comfortable here. I don't want to shift. I don't want to go. And if that's kind of like the heartbeat that we have, then we're going to miss out on what God has intended for that season ahead and all that He's installed for us. And as we know in Proverbs 11 and verse 14, it tells us that there is safety in a multitude of counsellors And so wise people would definitely be the kind of people that we want to surround ourselves with. And we want them to point us towards the will of God instead of distracting us or being sidetracked from the will of God. And I like this quote which says, if you hang out with the chickens, you're going to cluck. But if you hang out with the eagles, you're going to soar. So the question really is, who are we associating ourselves with? Are they the right community of people? And I think this would be a good place to inject the fact that if you're not part of a cell group, get plugged into a cell group. Come on. Now, as I'm bringing this to a close, as we notice here in Moses' life, his moment of availability led him to being aware of what God wants to do in his season. And he chose to say yes, coming into alignment to the will of God. And just as he aligns himself, he finds there to be grace, to be power, and to be authority, to have that authority, to walk into the fullness of it. And of course, he associated himself with the right company of people. In this case, Aaron, who was going to be his buddy, his mouthpiece, and they would enter into Egypt to deliver the children of Israel. And it's interesting because as I was pondering over this word and meditating of it over the past few days, there was an additional A, I would like to call it the bonus A, that I want to give it to you. Just as in O-levels, there are six um, subjects that we often take. Um, There are going to be six A's that I want to leave with you. It's not on the slide because it just came to me just a couple of days ago. And to sum it all up, I would like to say that of the word attention. Give attention to your season and not be attracted by someone else's season. It's very easy for us to look at someone else's season and say, boy, I wish I was in that season. And we lose focus and attention of what God has in store for us here and now. There is a saying that goes, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, I beg to differ. 
because the, the grass is greener on the other side because someone else on the other side toiled the land, cultivated the grass, and that's why the grass looks greener on the other side. But the psalmist tells us in Psalms chapter 16 that we have been given a land. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. This is my inheritance. This is my land. This is my season. And so instead of being attracted by someone else's season, I want to give attention to the season that God has for me and to walk into the fullness of that. And I want to leave you with one last verse just as a preacher has got many, many closings. I think I've got many closings as well. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, just as we started there, we're going to end off there as well. And I want to look into verse 11, reading out from the Amplified Bible. He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a, myst a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done, His overall plan from the beginning to the end. You see, we may not know everything that God has installed for us in this season, in the many seasons ahead. But one thing we know, as the verse started and tell us, that He makes everything beautiful and appropriate in His time. So brothers and sisters, church, regardless of the season that you're in, whether it's a valley season, a mountain season, let's all walk into the fullness of it and let us all ace our season. Amen. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.